Uh, my name is Brad. I'm the middle school pastor here at Westridge. If this is your first time at Revolution, just know, yes, I always am this stylish. Pretty much every single week. Um, I got this shirt at a Dirty Santa gift exchange last night where people like can steal gifts. You know what I'm talking about? Um, that was the kind of thing we had going on. I had a, a pretty decent gift with a Yeti cup. And somebody stole it, and then I got a gift. I didn't know what it was. I opened it up, and I got this gem right here. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to wear this to Revolution tonight. And, uh, and then these pants go with my suit. Uh, and I said, you know what? I'm going to leave the rest of the suit. I'm just going to rock the pants with my sweet shirt um, for, for my favorite people uh, at Revolution. So we've been doing uh, a few things the past few weeks um, but we've mixed in some Christmassy stuff, and so tonight, before we break for Christmas, we thought we'd be a little extra Christmassy. We had some songs, we had some Christmas Pictionary, um, and then some of you dressed Christmassy, so thank you guys for dressing Christmassy. Um, if you didn't, that's okay, we still love you. Um, but we're going to end this series that we've been talking about the past several weeks about God's presence tonight. And I'm excited about where it's going to go because literally every week has stacked on top of each other. And it all kind of flows together to make sense. But each night can also stand alone. And so I'm going to recap just a little bit where we've been, where we're going tonight so it all makes sense. Um, or at least makes more sense hopefully for you. And uh, so the idea is God has always wanted to be with us. He's always wanted to not only be with us, but live in us. And then once that happens, he can actually do something through us and work through you. And so Jesus enables all of that to actually happen. Jesus is the key to all of that. And that makes Jesus the key to your past, to your present, and to your future. Enabling God's presence to be a part of all those things. Because God's presence has been a part of all those things and will be a part of all of those things going forward. But tonight we're going to focus on God working through you. So last week was God being in you, which is a step further than just being with you. This week is going to be what happens now. Now that God's Spirit's in us, where do we go from there? Well, when we turn to Jesus and trust Him as our Savior, this is born again. We talked about that last week. This is the moment of salvation. This is when we realize that we need a Savior. This is when we come to realize God's presence in our life, that He's always been there. And then we're born again. And what the Bible says is we're born into the Spirit, through the Spirit. We're now spiritually alive and we get God's Spirit. Before it was just physical. We were just physically alive. But once we come to know Jesus, we now become spiritually alive and God's Spirit literally comes to live in us. And so God's Spirit lives in those who have been born again was kind of one of the last points we touched on last week. And that's key to understanding tonight because if you know Jesus, you need to know that the Holy Spirit lives in you because we're going to get into what He actually does when He's in you tonight. What happens next? And so we talked about pizza a little bit last week. I remember that. I brought a pizza out. We had a picture of pizza. I talked about how much I love pizza and how much I was hungry, how, how great it would be to actually eat some pizza. And then I just looked at the pizza for a while. And the kind of point was, pizza's point isn't just to be with me, but it's to be in me, right? And so we're going to kind of take that another step forward tonight. We're going to use food as an analogy again and how what we intake affects us externally and other people notice it and see it. Would you agree with that? When you eat or maybe drink something, it can have an effect on you externally. Would you agree with that? Yeah. 
Some of you might have experienced certain side effects from energy drinks when you drink them. And so we used to allow students to drink energy drinks on our mission trip to Orlando. And it, literally we, we would have uh, some students walking out of the racetrack with like an armful of Monster and, and Red Bull and any energy drink they can get their hands on. And not like the small cans, like the big cans, like four or five of those things in their arms coming out. And they were just like fidgety the rest of the night. Like in team meeting, they're just like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, okay. What are we doing next? Uh-huh, then we're doing that. Okay, what next? How can I help? What can I do? It was crazy, like the way it would make them act. And you're like, dude, calm down. Why are you, why, you have one eye going that way and another eye going that way and both your legs are just bouncing while you're sitting. Like it's, it was kind of crazy to see the effect energy drinks had on them. I've only had one energy drink my entire life. It was only half of one. I had a half a can of Monster one time and I was shaking the entire like hour after I drank it and it freaked me out and I won't drink anymore after that because I'm like dude this is like weird the way this is affecting me but something I I drank had an effect on me like I felt it it changed the way I was acting it 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 changed the way I felt and so that's kind of the idea that we're going to talk about tonight is if God's spirit's in us what changes about us Does something change about us? Should something change about us? And if an energy drink changes us, I mean, God's spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of us, I would think would have some kind of an effect. So here's the deal. With the spirit in you, God's spirit so much through you. I don't know if you know that, but God's spirit in you can actually accomplish a whole lot of stuff. God's spirit was with Jesus and working through Jesus as he was doing the things he did back when he was here over 2,000 years ago. The Holy Spirit helped create planet Earth. So the Holy Spirit in you can do some pretty incredible things. So you need to know that that's a possibility and that can happen. So we're going to jump right to a certain passage of scripture we're going to look at tonight. We're only going to be in one part and we're going to just read like nine verses from it. Okay. So we're going to look at nine verses all in one little section together. And that's going to be the only thing we look at tonight. It's going to be in Galatians chapter five. So if you got a Bible, you can look at it. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to throw it on the screen for you. So check this out. This is 16, 17 and 18 of chapter five of Galatians. This is the apostle Paul talking to the church. And he says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So, what you are, so that you are not able to do whatever you want, but it, you are led by the spirit. You are not under the law. So walking in the spirit is allowing God to guide you instead of sin. When we don't follow God, we tend to let sin steer the ship, right? We tend to let the things that we want and just us unto ourselves, we have this thing called sin nature. So we kind of gravitate towards sin. We gravitate towards selfishness. We gravitate towards self-centeredness. We gravitate towards what benefits us. And that leads to sin. And so if we let that be in charge be sinful, then we're going to do things that are going to ultimately be sinful. Would you agree with that? 
Okay, so if we don't do that and we let God's Spirit guide us and guide us and direct us, then we're not going towards sin. We're not falling into things that are all about us. We're falling into things that are all about what God wants us to be about, which is typically himself and other people, right? These are the things God calls us to, to serve other people, to love other people, help other people, show people Jesus, to be loving and encouraging. Like these are the people we're supposed to be. So when we allow the spirit to lead us, those are the kind of things we start to see in our life. And we're going to get more specific on what you see in your life when you let the Spirit lead. But the point is, you can let one of two things lead you, sin or God. You're choosing one or the other. And if we're a Christian in here tonight, the goal would be we're choosing God to lead us. But some of us are still letting sin lead us. And so Paul's saying, listen, those are in conflict. They're in opposition to each other. If you're going to follow sin, then that means you're definitely not following God. But if you follow God, you're definitely not following sin. So if you allow the spirit in you to lead you, then you don't have to worry about, am I sinning or am I not? Because you're doing what God's spirit wants you to do, which is always going to be the good thing. It's always going to be the best thing. You with me so far? Good. Let's keep reading. Galatians chapter five, verses 19, 20, 21 says this. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So here's a question from that. Why is there such a strong warning about living like this? To living selfishly, to living in sin, to live for these things that aren't about who God is and who he made us to be. Why is there such this big warning about that? Because he's pretty stern there at the end. Like, if you're living this way, if you're the guy or the girl that gets just angry at the drop of a hat, ready to chew somebody out, if you feel disrespected, it doesn't matter if you say whatever you want to say to them because you were disrespected. It's okay if you're disrespected to say whatever you want to them. If that's you all the time, that doesn't match up with who God calls you to be. If you're the person that's constantly looking out for you and no one else. You're totally self-centered. That's not who God calls you to be. That's not who God's asking you to live for. If you're constantly talking down and disrespectful to your mom and dad, that's not who God's called you to be. If you're constantly being disrespectful to other people in your class, making fun of people, you're the bully in school and you might not even know it, but that's who you are. That's not who God's called you to be. So why is there such this strong warning to not live like that? Well, if we're a Christian, the deal is the Holy Spirit changes us from the inside out. So there's this strong warning of, listen, if you're living for you, if you're living for sin, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Not as like this threat. It's just like, well, you're not experiencing the life God has for you. You're not experiencing God's spirit in you if that's all you're living for and all you're doing with your life. Because the Holy Spirit gives you this whole other opportunity, this whole other path to take and to live for. And he enables you to take it and to live it out. And he changes things from the inside out. Why is that important? 
Well, if you just change things externally, right? If I just threw on a shirt that had muscles built into the shirt, right? And it made me look jacked. And then you said, hey, there's 500 pounds on that bench press right there. Why don't you go lift it? You look huge. I'm sure you can lift it. No problem. But I got this huge muscle shirt on, right? It's not actual muscle. And I go to lift 500 pounds. What am I going to do? I'm going to cave my chest in. Like I'm going to, I'm going to hurt myself. I can't lift 500 pounds. Like it would take three of me to equal that. Like it's not, it won't work. And so the outside is not what's going to lift that 500 pounds, right? I'm going to have to do some work on the inside in order to be strong enough, grow muscle from the inside out in order to be strong enough to do that. It's kind of similar when we're talking about this, like just changing external stuff. Like if you just start wearing Christian shirts that say nice things, but then what's, what comes out of you is just nasty, mean, like hateful stuff. What's on your shirt doesn't really matter, does it? You with me? So God is meant to be changing in us and he will change you from the inside out. If the Holy Spirit's in there and we're following him, that's what's going to be happening. Your heart, your head, the things inside are going to start changing and what comes out is going to look different. Not just what you say, but what you do. The why behind why you did it. And it won't just be this external change, it'll be this internal change that's going on. So it's like, well, what does that look like? Well, what's awesome is Paul lays out exactly what it looks like in these big kind of terms of what it looks like when you're walking in step with the Spirit, when you're allowing the Spirit to lead you and do what He does inside of you. Here's the things you get to experience. And this is Galatians 5, through 25, okay? But the Spirit, or the fruit of the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is another word for patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The fact that we know and follow Jesus should be seen in how we live. And it's like, well, why? Well, because all that sinful stuff that we used to live for, once we came to know Jesus, when Jesus was up on the cross and he did anything wrong, he wasn't dying for himself. He never did anything wrong, right? He died for the things we did wrong. So literally when he's on the cross and dying, what he's doing is live for sin. So that stuff that we used to live for, he killed on the cross. So you don't have to live for that stuff anymore. You don't have to keep coming back to that stuff anymore. Now you can live in this spirit that Jesus has sent to live in you. Now you can live for that stuff. And you can experience that stuff through the spirit that he's put in you. And these things like joy and peace, being patient, not being quick to get angry at people, not wanting to like tell lies about people, wanting to actually help other people. Like that stuff comes from the spirit that he puts inside of us. And because of that, because we know and follow Jesus, we have the spirit in us. Now what's inside of us starts to come out and we actually start to live like Jesus. And it looks different. And it should look different. Because what we lived for before was not Jesus. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was us. 
And here's the thing. It's, we don't do that because we're trying to earn God's love or salvation. Okay. Sometimes when you go and you kind of research some other religions in the world, you can start to pick up on this trend of you have to do certain things to earn God's love or a certain position with God in order to get to a he- to like a heavenly type place for eternity. You've got to do certain things, right? You've got to earn your way there. That's not what we're talking about right now. We're not talking about earning God's love or his salvation. You don't earn Jesus, okay? You're given Jesus because God loves you. So it's not and we live these things. We actually look different and we live different because of God's love and salvation. Because he's already my salvation, we didn't have to earn it. This is why we are able to live differently. This is why it looks different. Have you ever had someone be nice to you? And uh, hold on, let me finish. Let me ask the full question. Has anyone ever been nice to you? And then after they were nice to you, you realized that like their mom or dad had told them to be nice to you or they were in trouble? Okay, so when you realize that, does that kind of take away the niceness that just happened? Because at first you're like, oh man, maybe we're going to be friends. That was super nice of them. But then you find out mom and dad made them or they're going to be grounded. And you're like, oh, that wasn't super nice. I I guess we're not really going to be friends. It kind of makes all of that not seem real, right? So it's, it's a little bit like that. If you're being nice to someone because you're scared God's not going to let you into heaven, that kind of makes that niceness and kindness to someone not seem as real. Would you agree with me on that? It kind of takes it away a little bit the same way somebody being nice to you because mom and dad told you to be nice. It kind of gets taken away. But that's what's different about following Jesus, right? It's, it's not we're trying to earn anything with God. It's, this is what God's already done for us. Like he's already been nice to us. He's already loved us. He's already forgiven us. Because he's already done all this, I just want you to experience the same thing. So I'm going to love you just because. I'm going to be nice to you just because. Not because you earned it. Not because I'm going to get a reward for doing it. Not because I have to. Because I get to. Because God's changing me on the inside and it's coming out. And so the way God loves me is the way I'm trying to love you. And so God's love for us and his spirit that he then puts inside of us is not meant for us to just keep to ourselves. That's kind of selfish. Would you, would you agree with me on that? Like if we have God's spirit in us and there's all these people around us that have no idea about God's love and we're just kind of like, ah, we're, we're good. We've got God forever. We know he loves us. But then we don't allow him in us to affect the people around us. That's a little bit selfish. And a lot of us do that unintentionally. We're not thinking like that. We're not like, oh, I'm going to hoard God to myself. We're just not thinking about the fact that God wants to actually use us to help the people around us know him. And the Holy Spirit in us enables that to happen. So with that said, the Holy Spirit actually works through us when we give him the reins. When we're like, okay, God, I just want to follow you. I want to be obedient to you. He'll actually do stuff through us. When you start reading the Bible and you're actually reading it because you want to hear from God. 
And you hear him say something like, I'll give you an easy one. And when I say easy, I mean just a straightforward one. It's not necessarily easy to do. But he says stuff like, love your enemy as your, you know, love your enemy. As simple as that, right? Love your enemy. Okay. All right. I guess I'm supposed to love my enemy. So I'm going to go do that. So you go to school and somebody's a straight jerk to you. You have a choice, right? You can be a straight jerk back or you could respond with some form of kindness, right? But what I, now, I'm not saying just let people walk all over you. But what I am saying is you don't have to be a jerk back when someone's a jerk to you. And that could be a form of you loving your enemy. Would you agree with me on that? Okay, so God literally says to do something like that. You have the Holy Spirit in you that's going to enable you to actually do that. Instead of act the way you might want to act. And I'll be honest, if somebody's disrespectful to me, what I want to do is be even more disrespectful back to them. So they know never to do that to me again. That's what I want to do. But I know God doesn't want me to do that. And I know that's not what God does. Do y'all know that Jesus was like insulted and slapped and like spit on? So think for a second, okay? Sometimes you might feel like people deserve to be slapped. Sometimes you might feel like they deserve to get spat on. Sometimes you might feel like they deserve to get cussed out, right? You might feel that way. But Jesus, sometimes people might even kind of deserve it. But Jesus did nothing wrong, ever. He gave to people. This is the guy that's getting talked to people no one else wanted to talk to. This is the guy that's getting cussed out and spat on and hit. So it's like, okay, if anybody had reason to retaliate even stronger than the way that they're being treated, it would be Jesus, right? And what's crazy about that is he has the ability to trump them like a whole lot. Like he even says at one point, I could have thousands of angels here to fight for me at any point if I wanted to. And I don't know if you know about this about angels, but they're some, some bad folks. Like they can take some people out, like make them dead. And Jesus could have done that at any point, but instead, what does he do? He looks at these people who are literally killing him on a cross and he says, forgive them. What? Somebody says stuff to me like that, like not even nearly that bad. Somebody, let's just say someone did one of those things, spits in my face. Man, Holy Spirit check, you know, like, is he here? Yes. Please do your thing, God, because I'm I don't want to do my thing right now. My thing will not be good. You know what I'm saying? Like even you thinking about what you would do in that situation. If somebody spit in your face, if you go with your gut reaction, I'm going to guess it's not a Jesus reaction. Okay, so if it's not, what's our goal if we're following Jesus to make it a Jesus reaction, right? You can't do that. Only God can do that. So it's in those moments we want to give control back to God. Don't take the reins. Don't be like, oh, I got this. <laughs> okay. That's when you get in trouble and you get ISS and you get suspended. That happens when you take the reins. Give it back to God because God is the one who's going to lead you to the best thing. He's the one who's going to keep you in step with his spirit. He's the one who's going to enable you to have this supernatural grace and love for people.
Because we can't do it by ourselves. But it's not meant for just you to experience. Because you read that list of, of things you get to experience, right? Joy, peace, patience. All those things seem super nice for us to experience for us, right? And they are things for us to experience. But even just those first three, joy, peace, and patience. Those are not meant just to affect us. They're meant to affect who else? Everybody else. Everybody we come in contact with. When they come in contact with somebody who knows Jesus, they should have encountered some joy, some peace, some patience. You with me? That's you. Like they should, when they come in contact with you, they should have experienced some level of some joy, some peace, some patience, some kindness. You with me? And so people notice. I know you're sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and sometimes you feel like maybe people don't notice what you're doing or what you're saying. People notice. People notice when you're kind for no reason other than just being kind. People notice when you're patient and not whining and complaining because it's taking too long. People notice when you don't treat each other the way that maybe you're getting treated. People notice when you go out of your way to actually help somebody. People notice when you don't treat someone like a piece of meat and you actually treat them like somebody who's made in the image of God, who's loved by God. People notice that stuff. And they notice it when you do it. And so tonight... Let's not only realize that God's presence is with us. Let's not just realize that God is even in us. But let's realize that he also wants to work through us. Because you guys are about to have a break. You're about to go maybe on vacation. You're maybe going to hang out at the house for a while. Be with family, friends. You're going to have some time on your hands. And so I wanted to challenge you tonight to not let the next two weeks just kind of drift off into just video games and movies and that's it. And presents and food, like those are awesome things. I'm not saying don't do those things. But also let it be an opportunity for God to work through you. For you to realize the Holy Spirit's in you and he can do some incredible things if you let him. And not just over the break, but going into 2019, there's only a couple more weeks left of this year, and then we're going into a whole new year. You guys have the opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit in you to do some incredible things this next year. And it's not you doing them, it's him doing them through you. But I'm telling you, as a 6th, 7th, and 8th grade student, he can do unbelievable things, things you would never imagine, things you wouldn't even dream of. He could actually do that. You might be like, you don't understand. My family is super rough. Like my, my family is, it's like a little bit of a war zone when I walk in my house. It's not all like nice and lovey-dovey like we talk about here at Revolution. Like it's rough. Okay. Or you don't understand my school. Like my school is, is kill or be killed. Like it's the strongest survive. Like you, I come in here with this servant. I'm a lover everybody attitude. I'm, I'm not going to make it. Like I promise you, not because I promise you, because God promises you. He's with you. He's in you and he can work through you. And if you believe that, then how in the world can you not live that? 
If you believe God's who he says he is, if you believe God's as powerful as he says he is, if you believe he loves you the way he says he loves you, how can you not trust that? He never said it was going to be easy. He never said it was going to be just as simple as just, okay, I'm going to be nice now. Like, it's not that. It's constantly to continue to change. Choosing to allow the Holy Spirit in you to continue to change you on the inside and for it to come out. Everywhere you go. So I want for that to be you, encourage you. I want to pray for you for that to be the case. That God's presence would be with you, in you, and work through you over the next two weeks, over the Christmas and New Year break. That you would take that right into 2019, into the next semester. And that you guys would even huddle up together, like talk about it. Don't let what we talk about in this service just stay in this service. Talk about it in your groups. Talk about it together at school. Talk about it on the phone. Like, talk about it. If we're saying we want the Holy Spirit to work through us, let's get together and do it. That's what, that's what the church does. Talk about how you can do that in your first, second, third, fourth period. Talk about how you can do that in your family, in your neighborhood, with your friends. Pray for each other. Help each other. Encourage each other. We've got to do that for each other. But God is going to be in us doing it. And he can and he will. We just got to trust and believe it and know it. So I'm going to pray for you. But as I pray for you, I want you to be thinking and having a moment, you and God. Asking him to help you. To get out of the way and let him work through you. To continue to change you from the inside out. And that your relationship with Jesus wouldn't affect just you, but it would affect everyone around you. Because of what he's doing through you. So I'm going to pray that for you and then we're going to send you out to groups to really talk through that. Pray together about that. So let me pray for you. God, thank you so way that you, one of these students, thank you for the things you're doing in their life. Thank you for the way that you love each one of us. Thank you for the fact that we not only have you with us, you're not only in us, God, but you actually will work through us. And for some of us, the only Jesus our mom, our dad, our brother and sister might see is the Jesus in us. And so I pray for my friends that are in the room right now that are going home to places that are not very encouraging, that are not very loving, that are not very welcoming of the things that we talk about here when we talk about you and we talk about your love and we talk about your forgiveness. And I pray for them to just have a faith and a trust in you that is beyond them, that they would trust in the spirit you've put in them. That they'd have a confidence and a boldness and a courage that comes from you because of that. And for all my friends who are going into schools that are just rough, where there's just a lot of negativity, a lot of drama, a lot of bullying, whatever it is, I pray for them to have the strength to trust you and to follow you and to walk in step with the Spirit. And to not just go along with the crowd. And so I pray that this room, everyone in it, would allow you to work through us 
We would make an impact on this world. Not because of us, but because of you in us. And that our schools would be different because of you in us. That our families would be different because of you in us. That we would be different because of you in us. So God, we thank you that you're changing us from the inside out. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.